So I'm going to give you a little intro first to start us off. So my messy friend du jour is a worldly woman of many, many talents. <laughs> She's like a three ring circus of a human. There's a lot going on. Uh, we met a few years ago at a workshop called On Being Human hosted by the wonderful Jen Pasteloff. Uh, we were journaling and dancing and crying, and Jen said, I have someone here who's willing to perform for us. And this woman, with a shy smile, picks up a guitar and walks to the front of the room in front of, like, what, 100-plus people? And she says, I, I, I just started teaching myself to play guitar, so... And then, of course, goes on to play and sing this beautiful song, uh, the whole room was just silent, and I remember thinking, wow, what a special human. I would love to meet her. And in the time since, I've learned that, you know, a bunch of languages, the ins and outs of many cultures and their histories, everything there is to know about astrology, so much about music and the industry, and, and, and. She is an artistic storyteller, intuitive empath, and humanist visionary, challenging the status quo through creative arts and creating healing and liberating solutions. Wow. I am so excited to talk to you today. Welcome to the show, my friend, Shanae Nicole. Thank you, Kaylee. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you great. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay. Thank you for asking me to be on the show. I feel very honored. And thank you for the lovely introduction. <laughs> I hope I I hope I even came close to encapsulating some of the things that you do cuz you really are just like the most well-rounded human I think I've ever met. Oh my god, thank you so much. I mean, listen. I think well-rounded comes with its uh with its lessons in life, you know. Mm. Um that's how I kind of see it, especially in this time of being in lockdown. Um, yeah. Having the time to really reflect on, like when we met at, Jen, at Jen's um, workshop, which was such an amazing gateway for me in so many ways, including meeting you, such a beautiful soul, and you're <laughs> uber talented as well. Thank um, you. Yeah, no, I think that where I am today is just, based on a lot of personal life experiences that I've been through in particular in the last five and a half years. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's like, you know, for me, it's just being able to utilize my personal journey in order to like help and up uplift others and other communities. Wow. What a beautiful way to live your life. What a beautiful concept to, take real life experiences that you've had and turn them into something meaningful and useful. That is amazing. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, what you, no. What do you think Go is ahead. like the core, like, is there a core lesson or one that really feels um, important or present to you right now that you um, are trying to actively share with others? Uh, I mean, at this very moment, mm. actually, I just <laughs> stumbled upon um, getting back into uh, working with clients on like social media and rebranding, which kind Ooh. of it really happened organically, which was really beautiful. 
Um, Another talent. Because <laughs> that's based on my first degree in marketing. I went my first degree. I went to business school. Right. Okay. Ago. Yeah. So um, the way that happened was actually through my spiritual journey and healing journey, um, getting a scholarship to start my own business um, focused on healing and spirituality. And through that, I actually found some beautiful, amazing clients that I'm now working with. And um, so I basically intersect their brand with their with their life purpose, because I also I re I study astrology and tarot. Yeah. Um, and some other things, which was also because of my healing journey and trying to understand why the hell I went through many of the things that I went through over the last five years. Mm. Um, and so that's currently what I'm doing. And then in the background, I'm just really working on seeing where I want to go next. I mean, I'm doing a lot of writing with music and poetry. Um, you're such and... an amazing lyricist, poet. <laughs> oh, like, thank you. seriously, you're mind blowing. Oh, oh my God, Kaylee. Woo, okay. And thank we're going to really appreciate it. Yeah, and we're yeah. going to make sure to give everybody your handle at the end so they can see for themselves. But yeah, I mean, you're just like you. next level. I mean, like I said again, it all, st- what I've found, especially creatively, is mm. that connecting my experience experience and being really authentic holding nothing back and not only my experience but you know my second degree which I'm will be done with in the fall is studying colonialism in particular Africana Puerto Rican Latin studies but it's Mm. basically studying the effects of colonialism in colonized places Mm -hmm. and spaces Mm -hmm. um and I've intersected that into my music into my writing um there's just a lot of different things that I'm doing and I and I think it's okay. I mean, cuz I know there are a lot of people who are very talented in a lot of different areas, but because of the society we live in, it's like you only can do one thing, you know, to get paid and I right. hope that we can change that narrative at some point because I I think especially our generation, like we don't like to be stuck in one box. I mean, we have um, Yeah. We have the generational planets of Pluto and Scorpio and Saturn and Uranus and Sagittarius. Oh, no, not Saturn. Here she goes. I'm so excited. (laughs) in Sagittarius. So, you know, these are two powerful uh, planets and two powerful signs. So, like, collectively, we're supposed to be transforming so many different areas in our lives. You know, and it just depends. I mean, obviously, it depends on the house that those signs are in. Will that depend? That will help you understand better, like your your collective contribution. So, wow, um, you're blowing my mind. Yeah, like it's it's crazy because, like, for me, like I'm supposed to be helping people understand how to take their power back. You know, like that's Pluto and Scorpio. You know, and then helping people challenging our our current frameworks like the status quo frameworks that's uranus like totally transforming that for me where i have it placed in my chart you know and so i had to just turn off the naysayers and just say no like i know this is where i'm supposed to be going and like if people aren't aligned with that it is what it is you know <laughs> i just keep going um wow yeah yeah so so I just think it's like we have to kind of 
especially as artists, I mean, we have such a huge responsibility. I mean, I want to pull up this quote from James Baldwin because I think that he, um, yes, please. it's called the moral responsibility of the artist. Oh, and wow. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> he says that the role of the artist or the responsibility of the artist is to make you respect that moment above all other moments to recognize that there is nothing under heaven, nothing, nothing under heaven, no creed and no flag and no cause more important than the single human life. And I mean, he talks about how, you know, this art of resistance, like through art, you know, and like through creativity. And um, I mean, he's, I think he's such a great, uh, writer, I would even call him a scholar as well. Of course, yeah. Um, to to study, and there was another thing that he wrote too that I'd love to read because. Um, it oh my was, gosh! What a treat! Thank you. Yes, please. I I am telling you, I love James Baldwin so much. Like he's been such a. When I was going on my. Um, my spiritual journey and transformation. Like he was somebody that, um, I really, I studied deeply mm-hmm. because I, um, I think that he, like people study his work and people have talked about his work. Um, but there's just so much more. Like I actually watched a lot of his interviews. Like I've read some of his books, but I re- I actually watched a lot of his interviews, his speeches. And that's where like, I, I saw a lot of the essence of Mm. him as an artist. Mm. He did this speech at the National Press Club luncheon. It was in 1986. And um, let me see if I can find. If we don't share the earth, we're going to blow it up. I think we have to rethink everything, which is true now, because it's not going to be true tomorrow. The question, I suppose, is a future which is more coherent and which is safe. But in fact, the moral choice we have yet to make is not a guarantee that anyone in this room has a future. And the only way we can accommodate ourselves to that is to rethink and recreate our vocabulary, which includes the human race. We are all in this room at the mercy of whether or not we know it, the European vision of the world. That vision is obsolete. Whoa. (laughs) Mic drop. Mic mic drop. (laughs) Thank you, James Baldwin. (laughs) Drop your mic, sir. You've said all the things. Wow. What was the last part about European? So he says that we are all in this room at the mercy of whether or not we know it, the Mm -hmm. European vision, the European vision of the world. That vision is obsolete. So for someone like me and maybe someone who's listening, who's like, huh? How do you how do you make sense of that, Shanae? Like, what does that mean to you? Can you maybe like break that down a little? Do you mind breaking that down? A oh little yeah, bit? let's simplify. It. Let's simplify it. Yeah, thank I mean, you. This is what my second degree in colonialism is all about. I mean, if we <laughs> I'm not here to make at... you work, you know, I'm not here to make you like use <laughs> no, that know, degree. That's cool. Like, this but good. this is good. This is good. Oh yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, in some way, shape, or form, we've all been colonized. I mean, I started a podcast, which I then ended up pausing. Just the Empathic Realist. COVID. We'll plug that yes. at the end. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Um, what he's saying is basically that we've all been indoctrinated to embody a European vision of how the world should function. 
so and that is based on having colonial I, idealism, colonial nationalism. Mm. I mean, people don't mm. like having that conversation. However, we're going into the age of Aquarius, right? So we're going from <laughs> yeah. House and Capricorn. Yo, I always I intersect it because, you know, sometimes people don't get it in certain frameworks. So I, I, I part of my mission is to basically intersect and integrate a lot of different concepts to where people can understand it. Right. You know? Yeah, and yeah, so like maybe make it take, more accessible or something to more people. Yeah. So yeah. if you take what he said here about the European vision of the world, right, being obsolete, let's take let's break that down in astrological terms, okay. right? So last year we had a shit ton of planets in Capricorn. Capricorn represents the tenth house, which is all about and we're both Capricorns, so we understand yes. that energy. But yes. we we like to exude the, the light aspect, right? The positive aspect of the Capricorn <laughs> Sure. Energy, but with every with any, I know, right? We try. But with any <laughs> with any sign, there's a light and a shadow, right? So the shadow side of Capricorn is the Devil card in tarot. Like that's one of the. <gasps> I just of that pulled card. the Devil like last weekend. It was my like. Um... Well, that is your energy, though. I mean, you're a Capricorn. Oh, so. oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, so, but no, but like that's the thing. The Devil gets a bad rap. That but, is I mean, your energy, though. That was hilarious. But. I mean, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> that represents the zodiac sign of Capricorn because yes, that, okay. in my opinion, that's the shadow side of the 10th house, which is addictions. It's the greed, celebrity. Yeah. Greed. You know, because it's, it's the CEO. Yes. You know, yes. Yes. The, yes. The, the employer and employee dynamics, you know, which are obviously most times toxic. I come from a corporate background, so I know that, yeah. that um, energy very well. So last year was like very Capricorn heavy. Well, yeah, because we had a lot of planets in Capricorn, gotcha. but basically that stellium, and I have a Capricorn stellium, so and that it kicks your ass, okay? Wow. <laughs> so it's a transformative energy, and in and, and such a way, that's why we had COVID, because a lot of these different things were brought in in order for us to com- completely eradicate the old system. Ooh, so like, and yes. that's in a lot of ways, a lot of our our all the entire system that we have in place globally is based on a European vision of the world. That is very 10th house shadow Capricorn energy. It's where somebody is the dominant person to suppress other people. That's Mm. capitalism. Mm. People must be exploited in order for capitalism to thrive. That is a European ideal because that is colonialism. That is colonialism. Mm -hmm. So now when we're talking when james is saying the vision is obsolete what are we saying we're now going into the age of aquarius planets are going to be going into into aquarius and then eventually into pisces right so we're now going we're now going into community everything is about community now the 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 aquarian energy also has shadow aspects too because then you you can see a rise of the fake gurus and all of these things that you know these, these fake thought leaders you know trying to control people for their own ego you know yeah uh, yeah and so we're gonna see that shadow side too but the the wow. the goal is to actually bring people together and have a humanist vision like that's what jimmy is saying here when he says and the only way we can accommodate ourselves to that is to rethink and recreate our vocabulary which includes the human race there's no identity in there other than we are all human beings there's no there's no religious identity. There's no racial identity. There's no mm. um, wow. sexual orientation identity. Mm-hmm. Like that's the goal of like the age of Aquarius. You know, it's sort of like this 
this one, this vision of like one race where we can all like come together. But obviously, I mean, that takes a lot of hard work. There's a lot of deconstruction that has to happen. Oh, yeah. Like never before. Yeah. And a massive change of the guards, you know, like that's why that Pluto is still going through uh, Capricorn. And to me, Pluto going over Capricorn, that's like the final change of the guards. Like the old must go, you know, like Pluto is ruled by Scorpio. Oh my in God, I hope so. And that, and that is, that is represented by the death card in the tarot. So okay. it's literally like a yes. death of the old, you know, and that's why Pluto's going to be there, I think until 2023. So we're still going to be, it's like that final, like, you know, it's like a, uh, a clogged drain. So it's like the final gunk is finally it's gonna start coming i can think of some gunk that i want to see go (laughs) i can i can think of some gunk in some in society (laughs) that i would love to see uh defunded or you know abolished (laughs) right for some you know yeah absolutely and i think that that's you know this is the goal of the artist you know the responsibility of the artist i think we have yes wow we have to kind of unindoctrinate ourselves into thinking that the role of the artist is the role of the celebrity. Like that is not, in my opinion, and that was a part of my inner mm. work that I was doing. I worked in the entertainment industry as well. I was a professional singer. I worked in media. I mean, I was very, I was very fortunate to be exposed to that, in to those industries very early on in my career when I moved to New York. So. I know those energies really well and we're now all of that is changing, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. like we have to now really dig deep as artists. And I was on a talk on Clubhouse a couple of weeks ago with um, some uh, photographers for like the National Geographic and a bunch of different magazines. And uh, they were asking about this topic of are you a tr- are you a, a travel influencer or are you christopher columbus <laughs> Ooh. and i have my personal piece with him obviously because i'm studying well, yeah. how he triggered <laughs> an entire you know uh financial uh uh i can't even think of the word right now but just a a, a global financial upheaval mm-hmm, aka mm-hmm. colonialism okay mm-hmm. so Yes. Um, the the core of the conversation was just about why people travel and why they do certain things in different countries. When you see people on Instagram doing selfies with these marginalized communities, mm. um, and then I got on stage and I just said, you know, we have to start thinking about the intention behind why we're doing things. You know, and I, I brought up, you know, the fact of yeah. me studying and going abroad, not last year, obviously, but the year before, to a lot of the the countries that colonized my ancestors you know um to really dig deeper you know and i said when i travel now i travel with intention and i and i also understand Mm. the history of where i'm going to before i'm going there Mm. i mean and also too in, in that regard i have an advantage because i am a part of a marginalized community Mm -hmm. you know and so I'm like but for people that are not of an oppressed or privileged identity it is really your responsibility to do your homework before you're going somewhere not just for a photo op Mm -hmm. you know like I think that's why I really admired Anthony Bourdain and I luckily got to see him at a at the new school do a talk before he passed away because 
I, I think that if you are a privileged person or a white person, mm-hmm. he is someone that you definitely should study more about. He wasn't just a, sh- a, a you know, like a badass chef and a badass, like, you know, uh, uh, I would he be pissed if I said scholar, but I mean, <laughs> in many ways he was this, this renegade scholar, you know, just with the people, you know, in different parts of the world. And I loved when he would have conversations just with the people of different countries, because that's how you get to know people is dialogue and food and or drinks. You know, wow. Yes, that's wonderful. But, yes. Yeah, that's why I loved him, you know, and he's a perfect example of that. And he loathed these people that would just go into these like photo ops, you know, just right. to be like an influencer to get likes on Instagram and things like that. Like that is not that in my opinion, that's not why we were given the gift of travel, you know, of air God, travel no. and different things <laughs> like that. Like I personally do not believe that's why that became into existence i think it was just to connect us and to get to know people and to heal a lot of these things that our ancestors have done in the past Mm. you know yeah and so yeah i think that i say all of that just to say that as artists like i feel that it's the perfect opportunity to do the work of of understanding our past and finding ways that you can um do better you know like for me like i like, I personally don't shop on Amazon. I mean, mm-hmm. there are different things that I do to try to protest. You know, like, I compost, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, there are places that I can drop off my compost. I mean, I find little things that I could do every day because I know the argument is always like, well, we're all contributing to the problem. Well, unfortunately, we've been forced to do so for far too long. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. little by little, it's like taking those little things that you can do, you know, like in my music and in my art now I'm intersecting the history of the past to bring awareness to it so people can be like oh shit yeah like this is not okay yeah and you it's know? and it's such a like um accessible like somebody thinks they're quote-unquote just listening to a song and then all of a sudden they're getting a lesson in colonialism through music and they're like wait what you know and that's why what you do is is so amazing um that you can put it into music thank you i think last year with all of the shit that went down in Mm -hmm. regards to brianna taylor Ahmaud aubrey george floyd Mm -hmm. um elijah mclean Mm -hmm. so many others um that triggered me going into my writing with the poetry and the music um and obviously i was affected by trayvon you know sandra Mm -hmm. uh michael i mean all you know freddie um, but I think also too, it's like when we are talking about these things and we are trying to intersect it into our art, like what is the intention behind it again? Like, is the intention just to gain attention, mm-hmm. you know, because I do mm-hmm. see a lot of artists that do do that for the attention. I'm like, what's the, what's the follow-up work with it? Right. You know, like the there's action. the art. Yeah. Like what's the follow-up with that? Like, what are you doing in the local communities? What are you doing to get people to unindoctrinate unindoctrinate themselves and and understanding the roots of the problems? Like a lot of people don't know that the police were formed. They used to be slave chasers. Like a lot of people don't know that, you know? So, and that's why it is a collective responsibility. And I also think too, when it comes to protesting, like we have to reorganize and re-strategize how we do that. Because a lot of the ways that we structure protesting um, is based on an old framework 
because you know, like there's this quote that I have on my clubhouse profile from Albert Einstein. Let me hmm. just pull it up. Because, See, you are um, just like quotes woman. You've got quotes you know, right and left. I love left. to study. I love to study. And, and I, I love, love that about reference. you. I love it about oh, you. you. You're like an, an encyclopedia. <laughs> A yeah, very interesting you, one. So important. But here's what he says. <laughs> okay. He says, the world we have created is a product of our thinking. It cannot be changed without changing our thinking. Oh. If we want to change the world, we have to change our thinking. No problem can be solved from the same consciousness that created it. We must learn oh. to see the world anew. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What was that penultimate Yo. line? The, the last one? The second to last one. Oh, yeah. He said... Um, if we want to change the world, we have to change our thinking. No problem can be solved from the same consciousness that created it. No problem it. can be solved from the same consciousness that created it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, and and I think, too, a lot of times we are very judgmental. and Because there are people that have been saying these things, but because of our minds being very much programmed in a European way, certain people that deliver messages, we don't hear them because we are actually programmed to not hear them from mm. a DNA and ancestral perspective. So like most people will hear that quote, if they hear it from a white person or a white man, they're more likely to resonate with it versus hearing it from like a marginalized person or a marginalized mm. woman or an LGBT person. You know, yeah, just because our minds are very much because I and it's funny because I've done these social experiments a lot. Like when I go into social media and especially on Clubhouse, I've seen when I'm in rooms, if a white person says the same thing I'm saying, like more people will resonate with it versus if I say it and people will actually try to challenge me on it when I'm actually saying the very same thing. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's it's wild. utter garbage. <laughs> And and people don't even stop to think, you know, hey, did I just did I just praise a white person for saying exactly what Shanae just said? Like people don't even stop to question themselves. It's it kind of blows my mind. Yeah, and even if if a person like it's the same thing if a if a white person says something to challenge something, people are more likely to resonate with it if a non-white person says something to challenge that's along the same lines. And people are more likely to still challenge that and not agree with it. Because I've seen that on Clubhouse, too. Like, in regard... Yeah, I mean, in a lot of times, people don't want to have conversations. People don't want to face things. They only want to listen to certain people. But, you know, like Albert mm. is saying here, like Jimmy <laughs> is saying, I mean, it, it's things are obsolete and it's time to see the world anew. But that involves... Yes a much deeper conversation when it comes to the ego. And a lot of people because, are not willing to have yeah. that conversation and compromise mm -hmm. their ego. And that is, mm -hmm. I, I mean, would you say that's such an American thing? Because it feels like an American no, thing. No, it's not an American it's, thing. It's just a human thing? Say, yeah, it is a human thing. But I will say that having lived in other countries or westernized, westernized countries, hmm. um... America is very unique in such a way that, for example, a lot of times, you know, even African-American people, I was joining conversations on Clubhouse. And I mean, I've known this before, too, because of my study of colonialism. People in America tend to think that things are only happening here. 
and they don't connect the dots to things in other places. Mm-hmm. So I think that ego is very much involved on a global scale, but in particular in America, because our in- education system is so warped in so many ways. Yeah. It makes it that much more worse um, because unlike the other countries that colonize places, they colonized America and then the colonized and the colonizers stayed in the same country versus in the other places uh. that were actually colonized first. But the colonizers, once they depleted the resources, they left. Mm. And the kings and queens were dictating from their thrones in Spain, in Portugal, in, in the UK, you know, Britain, you know, in England in particular, in the, the Netherlands, in France, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, mm. that's why, you know, even, yeah, because even in, in the African nations, the, all of the countries that colonized them, they left. I mean, they put black people in charge that were more colonized. So we're the only one that that all stayed together. Yeah, like one big happy family. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, That's why our education system is so warped because they needed to keep people programmed to brainwash us. Way, yeah, yes, because we're all living in the same fucking place versus the other places where the education system was warped. Mm-hmm. In the colonized places, but even and no yeah. one cared, and so I, it's really it's a really complex thing, man. Sure, <laughs> I mean it. Like it reminds me of you know, like I learned in the past year that in Germany, they educate their students on their dark, disgusting history. You know, like they uh-huh. they educate them on the reality of it, and I mean I certainly, uh, my education on race issue in America soared to new heights in the past year. Um, and it's just kind of, it, we, we were brainwashed in a sense, like our, what we were taught was just so off base and it is, um, kind of unbelievable. Um, right. I mean, but just think about it in this way too. Like for me as an African American person, mm mm-hmm. I know more about the Holocaust than I do about what happened to my own ancestors. And that's another conversation that must be had and people get uncomfortable about it. But Mm -hmm. it's something that, in my opinion, needs to be known because I was very fortunate in high school. I was picked to perform with this national choir and orchestra in Europe for uh, like about a month or so. And we went to six countries and one of the countries we went to was Germany. And I went to uh, several Nazi concentration camps Mm. and it was horrible. However, at the same time, I've never been to a slave plantation. Mm. So it's like understanding that dynamic where something is off. Like I, I would rather first learn about what's happened in my own country to my own people so I can know how to deal with sure. it. Because I'm all about learning about global issues. I mean, I know a lot about a lot of different atrocities in many different parts of the world because I, I just I want to understand the root of human suffering. Yeah, like that's the goal of all of my work is to understand the root of it in order to find ways to heal and liberate us individually and collectively. So I think that we have to do the work. And for me too, as a black person, that's a whole other conversation, but it's how do you detach yourself from your identity in order to not replay the victimization over and over again, in order to heal Mm. and transcend. I mean, Mm. that's a really deep conversation to have because a lot of times we become really... 
I mean, how do you? In that. But yeah. What, I mean, do, you, what do you think? Let's go. <laughs> Tell us, Shanae. I mean, for me personally, like, I'm very much aware of racism. I've experienced it in mm-hmm. every area of life, medical, home, you know, moving to places, you know, mm-hmm. travel, in relationships, et cetera, et cetera. At the same time, though, I'm at a place now where it's like, I understand what needs to be changed, but unless I'm willing to do the work to understand the the past so I can know how to go forward. So, for example, right, like we know that racism is a problem. It's, it's, it's a made up thing that people have attached to it because of their own victimization and their own struggle. Like the prime example I can give is like in the United States, how the government basically pitted poor whites and poor blacks against each other with the root of it being unionization in companies. Mm. And so that's how the KKK was formed was because the government decided to say, oh, well, these these poor white black people are what's taking your jobs away of talking to the poor white people. Wow. But that wasn't the actual truth. Mm-hmm. They were purposefully not um, giving black workers union because they were trying to keep them separated. And so they were constantly saying that it was each other that was causing the problem. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And yes. not... So yeah, you know, so just creating division things, very, very purposefully. Division. Exactly. I mean, even within the black community, like there was this, um, this man who was helping out with the slave plantation, and he was a, a British colonizer for the Americas. And they would do psychological, um, these psych- play psychological games amongst the slaves to keep us divided, to have house slaves versus field slaves. And that created a division, which is still there very are much so many divisions. within black communities. Yes, and a lot of it has been programmed. So when I say to detach mm-hmm. from the victimization, I'm saying that let's look from a higher perspective and say, holy shit, we've all been played in some way, shape, or yes. form. Yes. Yeah. So how do we fix it? Like, at the end of the day, how do we fix it? Even when I'm talking to um, people in other countries, marginalized communities in other countries, we've got to stop being divided amongst. Like I was in a room the other day about the issue of Israel versus Palestine and Mm. people were just like in clubhouse, people were just going wild. And I'm like, yo, man, like (laughs) everybody is so attached to the identity. It's like the victimization of it. And it's like. We're not they and that's why they purposefully will continue to feed us the shit in the media until we like stop and pause and say, okay, let me because the other thing, too, is when you're having these inner conflicts and inner fights, it's all stemming from the ego going back to the earlier. Right, right, right. When you do because a lot the victimization is oftentimes attached to the ego. It's like a wounded ego. Yes. You know? Yeah. So when you have when you can detach both you know, and say, wait a minute, because like, I've experienced racism in the apartment that I'm currently living in with my landlord, you know, like I've experienced racism in other a lot of apartments that I've lived in in New York City, Mm. you know, but it's like, I understand where they are, but I'm not going to be played. And, and in some cases, Mm -hmm. when I took landlords to court, I got like three months of my rent paid, you know, because they were doing injustices to where I was living. So it's like, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stand and I'm not gonna sit and sulk in the victimization. I'm going to understand why it's there. I'm going to conquer over it. And then what can I do to help resolve the problem to get this to not happen anymore, to get us to understand that we are more alike than we are divided? Um, I mean, but 
Wow, that just must be so exhausting for you. Like, there's no... <laughs> I, I mean, don't mean to laugh, I'm sorry. No, I mean, laugh. <laughs> it's your, You're entitled to your reaction. It's just like, it's just bullshit that you even need to take him to court because... Or him, them, your landlord, yeah. to court uh, for being racist. You know, like, that just shouldn't even be a thing. And But you, um, you, you have to expend then all this energy rising above, right. you know, and getting that rent right. paid. Like, right. it's just, uh, I can't imagine. I mean, you it know? is an exhausting thing. However, it's like, it's this old phrase where it's like, nobody else is going to save me, so I'm going to save myself, mm. you know? And... Mm. I think we have we've come to a point where we understand like we all understand what the problems are you know like I know for me like somebody that's had a lot of health problems in the past like I'm very much aware that it is not okay to be paying five six hundred dollars a month for health insurance when I lived in other countries and I didn't have to pay a damn thing like something is not right and it's not and that's the thing also you want to talk about identity talk about political identities like why are we so enamored and immersed and uh, grabbing to an identity. I'll tell you why we're so immersed in trying to grab tell us. to an identity. <laughs> it's because of this whole old um, notion of this, this uh, Capricorn 10th house energy because they've programmed us in such a way that there's such a divide, even when it comes to socioeconomic statuses, where we have to hold on to anything to feel relevant because we are constantly seeking outside Whew. external validation wow i mean listen like, i'm listening so, <laughs> gosh you're smart sorry so going. like that is why we people because because people always ask me i'm like well listen i'm like somebody that i i just think that healthcare should be free housing is a, a human right food is a human right water is a human right you know like what a concept I mean, to me <laughs> i mean like seriously like I think that yeah, we should be able to to uh, to produce work for people. But I'm very much come from a spiritual Eric mindset when it comes to how to how we produce work and the work mm-hmm. we produce. Everything goes back to the birth chart. But not everybody people. That's another thing too with ego. Like you 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 cut off other ways of being able to express yourself on a in a in a human way because you're like, well, I don't believe in astrology or. I don't believe in tarot. I don't believe in numerology. I don't believe in this. Like, but why? And most times people can't <laughs> even give you an answer. Because, because I don't want to. There is no answer. Because yeah, I don't want it's to. Ego. It's because like, it's weird. I don't why know. Why not embrace something new? Yeah. Like, why not embrace something new? You know? And so for me, a lot of us have been cut off from our, our true capabilities of being creative because we weren't given those tools. Hmm. And to me, I think that a lot of times that is intentional. Because if you look in a birth chart, you can see where, like, even when I'm consulting with my clients now, I'm, like, looking at the birth chart. And I'm like, no, you're supposed to be doing this. Like, let's realign you to this. Wow. You know, like, that's why you're so unhappy is because of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and we don't teach those things in school anymore. I mean, if you think about all the ancient scholars, even Plato, I mean, like all these different OGs, I call them OGs, you know, <laughs> like when you, when you look at all these guys, oh, like, nobody was perfect. And even if you, and we've also been so sexist with who we study in, in, in historical mm. terms, especially in scholarly, you know, we don't talk about the fe- a lot of the female ancient scholars, you know, in Africa and in Greece and all these other places, Yeah, you know, 
and and there's so much knowledge to be had but we've been cut off for this and a lot of times intentionally unfortunately because they want to keep us in this european right. vision right a certain that, construct as a Jimmy certain says, needs to be obsolete you know like we've got it now and that's the age of aquarius there's no more of this capricornian structure like staying in a certain framework because it ain't gonna vibe do the events and the sort of unfolding of last year align with what was happening astrologically in your opinion oh yeah yeah like i was listening to a lot of different astrologers who've been doing that work for many many years i mean Mm -hmm. i'm still very much a student of astrology but um they said that everything aligned because i remember they were saying in in 2018 like somebody predicted this lockdown and pandemic happening Damn. Um, because it was a sh- like I said, a shift and change of the guards. Mm-hmm. Like that's this is what's happening, and so like any like you can even talk about it in your daily life, right? Like in your personal life, if you know something needs to change and you don't change it, normally there's as we say in the tarot, there's the tower moment, which the tower represents Mars. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a tower moment that happens to force you to make that change if you're not going to make that change, and so we basically collectively experienced a tower moment last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely forced to make change. Yeah. Yeah, and while I'm super upset about all the lives that were lost, absolutely, you know, and I know people in my family that had it. Fortunately, they didn't pass away, but I know of people who had family that passed away. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm never, you know, it's never good when, when we... When you when a life is lost, I mean, but then that goes into a whole other conversation with spirituality and soul contracts and choosing, you know, when to transition and all of these things. And we're not going to talk about that today. But at the end of the day, like it's it's never it's never good when when we lose a life. But that but the whole point is like there are lessons that are to be learned through this whole thing. Yeah. And when we take the ego out of it, where it's like I don't want to wear a mask and. Or, you know, everybody should be wearing a mask or, you know, like all of these different, (laughs) you know, ego based confrontations. Like at the end of the day, like I wear a mask for the greater good of all, you know, and people can say whatever they want about me. I don't care because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I'm wearing a mask to protect myself and to protect others because I don't know what's out there, you know, and I'm using my own intuition to guide me, you know, and so 100% agree. Yeah. So. I think that people just have to kind of get over themselves, you know. <laughs> now, the vaccine is a different conversation, and I'm not going to be having that conversation. To me, it's so. like, you don't look silly <laughs> with your mask on. You look silly throwing a tantrum over not wearing one. Like, I mean... Don't you know what you look like, people, when you're like, well, my man doesn't <laughs> wear a mask. It's like, well, your man, that's pathetic, you know? Like, it's really but I just, just not think even these things deal. are really... Yeah, I just think these things are really petty. I mean, for me, I was actually really happy that there was a lockdown because I was actually really tired of going on the subway every day just to be in full transparency and honesty. <laughs> I feel I mean, you. I, <laughs> when we first went in, I was like, hey. Yeah, I mean, for those that are listening that ha- that have never lived in New York City, I mean, I don't think you'll understand that reference of being annoyed, tired of going on the subway all the time. Not the know, same and- way. Not there's no subway system like New York City. At no, not a chance. And and if you want to really understand the socioeconomic dynamics and, and why capitalism shouldn't exist, in my opinion, go to New York. City. Live in New York City. <laughs> Live without there. a six figure salary 
without a six-figure salary for one year, I (laughs) promise you, listen, as somebody that's lived here for 13 years and has has gone from making a lot of money to being on food stamps, okay, Mm. at different points, Mm. I'm telling you, I've lived the experience, okay? (laughs) You have, yes. I'm not here to laugh. I'm just being for real. Like, if you want to have a case study on why capitalism shouldn't exist, live in New York City. I'm telling you because you you, especially now with COVID in the United States, I mean, it's affected all country. I mean, all states in some way, shape or form, but it has really done a number on New York City, you Mm -hmm. know, because this was uh, one of the tourism capitals of the world. It was one of the art capitals of the world. And when everything is halted, nobody is spending money. Nobody's able to make money. You know that clearly that is a case study for why capitalism is flawed. Right. <laughs> because everything had to shut down. And I was just walking in the city last week. And, like, so many hotels have shut down permanently. So many restaurants, some that I love, yeah. um, that are local uh. restaurants, not chains, have closed down. I mean, there are just so many. It, it's depressing. Yes. To walk around this city, and there are so many more, so much, so many more homeless people on the trains, on the streets, more aggressive, um, more people being attacked. You know, all of these things are happening. But why is it the root of it? Again, I go back to like my mission is human suffering. You know, there's got to be this shift of me. Like I call going from, you know, this heavy Capricorn energy to this Aquarian energy. Like going from me to we. You know. Um, and before the age of Aquarius, whoa, everybody just like (laughs) absorb that for a second. We're going from me to we, and I think, no, I just, sorry, but I just, that really like, no, let's hold that space right there. Yeah. I think that's just (laughs) a a really, like you really simplified it just now, um, and put it into like a little mantra we all can carry. Um, yeah. That's huge, Shanae. And I think that with everything that happened last year and is happening this year, I think that's something that I notice a lot of people, especially creatives in my life, are learning is, wow, my work should extend so far beyond myself. Like, I should be servicing others with my art, with what I do, you know? Like, how can I make this bigger than me? Um from me to we you heard it here first from Shanae Nicole wow 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 (laughs) anyway yeah no but I think that that's what's really important and another thing to mention too just real quickly to go back on that age of Aquarius like we've been in this age of Pisces right like Pisces rules the 12th house it's all about systems Mm. um institutions so like many of our religious institutions were created under the age of Pisces right so like the Pisces is very much the underworld. It's it's the subconscious. Mm. Um, I mean, that's why, I mean, you saw the creation of slavery. I mean, all of these different uh, systems of, because 12th house energy can be very heavy energy. You know, it's also very beautiful energy if it's tapped into properly, but we haven't really been given those tools on an educational level to understand how, what that energy is all about, which is why, the age of Pisces was very much tapped into from a very shadow aspect. You know, we had these all these prisons being built after slavery was outlawed. I mean, there's all these different oppressive systems because the 12th Ugh. house 
is yeah. very can be very oppressive um, if not used properly. So now going into this age of Aquarius, you know, it's sort of like it's trying to uh, heal these really oppressive systems as a collective. And so that's why that Capricorn stellium was like, okay, it's time. Like Capricorn basically came in and said, yeah, like this, this very oppressive collective energy is just not going to work anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's time to go from the me to the we, right? So Capricorn came in to just say, no, I'm laying from the, the, me to the, the gauntlet we. down. Yeah. To say, no, no, no. Like we've got to change these really oppressive systems. Um, and so that's why, again, it's like, even with all of these like political debates and all of these things, like, I think social media is great, but again, with anything, there's a shadow side, you know? And so oh, yeah. I think, yeah. So this lockdown for me, I was very much like seeing a lot of that toxicity on both sides. And Do you saying, help your no, clients no, no. that you're working with right now navigate that shadow side? Is that part of your work with them? Um, I mean, no, not really, but I mm -hmm. mean, they're very much, they're like the people that I work with They're they do healing businesses. So gotcha. That, okay. So they're kind of in yeah, touch with so that. It's not really. Yeah. So it's just more about like, you know, attracting and, and, and aligning to the right people that are meant to be a part of their brand community, you gotcha. know? Yeah. Um, so very much not with that <laughs> yeah. yeah and with that you know with that toxicity and shadow side that's more I call that just like this whole concept of expectation everybody wanting this platform to speak their truth and I get it you know absolutely I get it at the same time we have to understand the space from which we're speaking that truth like is it from a wounded space is it from an ego space is it from an overly victimization space? Like, mm. how are we utilizing our platform? Yeah, it's like, our... am I using this just to, like, work out some feelings that I really should be working out with myself in the privacy right. of my own being? Right. Or is this right. constructive? Is this actually good for me yeah. and the people absorbing it? Yeah, I mean, that's what we have to start thinking about when we're mm -hmm. using social media. Yeah. Because... It's and especially now because nobody can really go out and like, oh, yeah, you know, everybody is sort of really in this. And I get it. I mean, I'm there, too. I'm experiencing that, too. At the same time, it's such a beautiful opportunity to really go within and 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 reflect on things, especially these last couple of weeks before we get into Aries season, because Aries is all about is the first house. It's all about the we like we're basically like this is the end of the zodiacal year because we're in the 12th house. So now we've completed a cycle. So have we learned these lessons? Like, Whoa. I would challenge everybody over these next like, two weeks, like, have I learned the lessons that this last year has brought? You know, what have I done to contribute to the collective? What can I do better? You know, how can I better serve myself in order to be of service to other people? You know, like, oh, these are a Did lot everybody of hear that? All my listeners? <laughs> That's your, yes. I, I love giving like, um, like journal prompts or like, uh, yes. like things to think about in these episodes. So there you go, friends. That's, that's our homework. We're going to think about for these next two weeks, uh, everything that Shanae just said. Yeah. I mean, I think that those are really important key takeaways from this very, um, 
uh is it what lessons we've learned in the last in the last year yeah, like what, over the last year okay what lessons have been learned and what were the key takeaways from that and how can we better serve ourselves in order to be of service to others you know what homework can we do what 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 are some things that we can sort of investigate and say well that doesn't feel right for me, you know, as far as like something that's being done against someone else, you know, or yes. a community of people, you know, or it can be as simple as why do I, why do I support capitalism or why do I support this particular political party or political leader, you know, or something like that? Or why, you know, why am I practicing this certain religion? You know, starting to ask these questions. Is it just because I've just been doing it or is it an actual like a choice, like an act of choice? Because I think I gave you this example before when we were probably just talking you and I. But this is just an example of how you can frame that for yourself is this. There was this really well-known blues piano player. And you can probably Google blues piano player KKK because what he did was... um, he used to just go into KKK meetings and he's black, obviously the piano player. Mm. And he used to ask them, why do you not like me? <laughs> why do you hate wow. me and my people? And they couldn't give him an answer. And he got, I think maybe one or two people to leave, you know, the, that organization. But I think that's sort of what I'm getting at with how we need to utilize not only reflecting on this last like zodiacal year but also moving forward as me to is continuing to wreak havoc over the tit house until 2023 <laughs> because there's a lot more crunchness to come ladies and gentlemen just to and those that are are non-identifying as well um there mm-hmm. is a lot more things to, in store for us all mm-hmm. um so mm-hmm. the more that we tap into that self-reflective energy um and and understanding how best to utilize our energy as well uh that's for your highest good and the highest good of all i mean you'll be more prepared to to for the basically the couple of years to come because there's a lot more that has to be deconstructed and or eradicated um there's a lot more upheaval ahead so that's why it's so important to really tap in and, and reflect and, and work on healing ourselves. Yes. Now that doesn't necessarily have to mean going to a, to a therapist, but it's just, you know, journaling or listening to healing music, yeah. um, you know, finding different healing modalities that there are things that are on, on YouTube and things for free, you know, um, just finding different ways because there's a lot of things that we all have to unlearn at the end of the day. So asking yes. these types of questions, why we participate or support or involve ourselves with XYZ, we start uncovering things. Because a lot of things we support or involve ourselves with are based on old systems that, like Albert Einstein has said, we aren't going to be able to change things with the same mindset we have that created it. Yeah. Yeah. So the mindset we have now is not going to help us with creating a new world that we all so desperately want. Yeah, I mean, just like harking back to what you were saying about um, feeling like a victim, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I just want to say that, like, as a white person, I am obviously not a victim of racism. I benefit from white privilege. I think 
white people, I think, I, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I know I can speak for myself as a white person. I feel I am a victim of being so lied to my whole life, you know, mm, through education and the people around me just like feeding me these lives, these lies. And, you know, it's my job now, our job as white people to humble ourselves to being so terribly wrong. And that does require a shedding of the ego, you know? Um, and it's, yeah, it's just that it's that self-work that we are responsible for that we have to do. Yeah. I mean, in, in one way, shape or form, we've all been bamboozled. <laughs> so I would say for sure. white people, you guys have been, there's been a, a serious, a serious. I mean, um, I watched 13th and I, I was like, huh? You know, like, I mean, I just, my, my, my freaking mind was blown, you know? Oh yeah. I and mean, I thought oh, I, yeah. I thought I knew oh, things, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So it, it is like, and I'm honestly, <sighs> I'm glad for all of us that are willing to embark on, on that journey of, of getting in touch with ourselves, um, and humbling ourselves to, to learning new ways of thinking. It's clearly yeah, essential. Really, yeah. And I would just say on this last point that it's also, in my opinion, important to begin once we, we start that work on like a, American level, right? Because we both live in the United States, mm -hmm. um, aka Turtle Island. So mm -hmm. um, I think it's important to also begin to have that global conversation because there's no cause without an effect, right? So like we have to start intersecting mm -hmm. a lot of the different communities and other places because yeah. the United States is responsible for a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, really a lot of shadow energy in other places in the world. I'll just mm -hmm. say it like that. Mm -hmm. And so at some point, you know, those conversations have got to be had too. And I know it can be overwhelming. And I hold space for all of you listening, because I understand it. I mean, it was a part of my work with not only my degree, but just, I felt this responsibility to really understand things on an international level. Um, mm -hmm. There are other people doing that work too, not just me. Um, so it's really starting to have that you know, um, like Jimmy said, that human race sort of vision, you know, it's, it's really understanding that we are much more connected again than disconnected yes. than we realize, you know, people love, and I just say like this, I know all of us, we love to travel to all these different sort of, we call them exotic places, but unfortunately a lot of these exotic places were colonized, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. at one point or another. And, um, we got to start really getting real with ourselves about things like that. It's great to travel. I love traveling too. But again, this is just connecting the ego, you know, and the victimization yes. in such a way that it's, some people say, well, I've been victimized too. Okay, that's fine. But it doesn't mean that you victimize somebody else just because you've been victimized. <laughs> yeah. And I mean? it's, like, I think it's also like, it's okay to want to travel to these yeah. quote unquote exotic places. Like, of course you do. They're beautiful. But it's like, like you were saying earlier, you have to get in touch with the, okay, why? Why am I traveling there? What's my intention? You you know, you said that you are, you're really intentional about when you go to new places. You're intentional about uh, connecting with people and connecting with them in a, a thoughtful, respectful way. 
So there's nothing wrong with having that desire, right? Like it's just it's just yeah. like knowing when it's appropriate, how it's appropriate. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, right? And it's like nobody is like I'm not here trying to tell people what to do. That's definitely not my intention at all. I just I give my experience. Tell them you're I... smart. We should all listen to you. <laughs> no, I mean I know, but I'm just saying like I never want to come from the space of I'm telling you what to do because I've been in that victimized state as a black woman and being like, you are supposed to do this. Like, mm. I'm telling you white person, like you got to do this. Like, I don't think that's, that's not my role personally. Like I, I just don't, I'm not okay. at that vibration anymore. That's just, that's not me. You know, I'm very much, I subscribe to the notion that I give you the information and it's up to you. If you want to, to to look further into it because at the end of the day I'm also a Buddhist and I've been a practicing Buddhist for 10 years mm. and so everything is all about what cause am I making that's what intention am I making because with every cause there is an effect you know so it's yeah. like yeah. I you know so every person has to basically look and say okay if somebody says like I've experienced racism right and if you're like well like for example with the even the person I used to be married to, you know, and guys that I've dated, they're like, well, maybe it wasn't racism without even giving me the time to actually explain anything about it. Wow. You know, so it's like, and they would go, then they would say, well, I've been victimized too. It's going back to that thing. Well, okay, that's fine. But I'm talking about my situation right now. Like hold space for that and yeah. I'll hold space for you. That also went down in that conversation on Clubhouse with the travelers because that happened to the black woman that was moderating and this guy that is not of a marginalized community um from a white uh, a white a dominant white country westernized country talking about that and i think again that's why we have to detach the victimization you know like for me it's like again i understand racism exists there's a lot of shit that's gone down you know uh in regards to people of color you know that have been oh that have been just treated atrociously mm -hmm. and we have to accept that as a matter of fact you know like point blank period you know when you look at how the germans acknowledged the suffering right. and atrocities of the holocaust they got their reparations mm -hmm. they and then they are forever like teaching about that history yes. having yes. eradicating statues and different things to let people understand we are ashamed of what has happened mm -hmm. and we have done our best to make sure that we will never do that again and acknowledge the pain and suffering of that community you know and that's something that has not been done with black and brown communities when it comes to slavery yes you know and so it's time for that acknowledgement to happen for the history books to be rewritten with the truth but see that truth cannot happen cannot happen without connecting the dots to capitalism and nobody wants to get rid of capitalism so that is why, again, I say really reflect on, on why we support certain systems and also why we may be inflexible to changing those systems. Mm. Is it ego or is it just because it's a fear of the unknown, oh. you know, that, that there can't be something else, you know, to replace it? Oh, people are so <laughs> scared of the unknown. And I think that I think that in general, that's very, that's very valid. You know, I have my own fears of the unknown, but like when, but when it's a, <laughs> when it's ruining the lives of so many other people, like it's worth 
taking a chance on, isn't it? <laughs> the unknown. I mean, I think so because <laughs> what we have has not worked. I okay. yeah so, yeah it's, it's not working. Let's just not make that clear. And, and I, I want to make it also clear that paying six hundred dollars a month for health insurance is not uh is not in alignment with the highest good. Well, I'm a lot of us, like a that. lot of us didn't know any, didn't know to think any differently. Like it's just what you did I here know. in America. It's like yeah, well, I health know. insurance costs money, and but the like now with this age of internet and we're all talking to each other from across the world, like we're realizing, like I feel like we're just now a lot of us realizing, oh, that's fucked up. We shouldn't have to do that. It's just like a huge, so many huge awakenings happening, and we have to be awake for it. We have to choose to be awake to it. Yeah, we had just got to do the work. At the end of the day, it's just it's a matter of, of yeah taking the collective responsibility. I feel and doing the work. And I mean, I think as artists, uh, I mean, I just think that this is such a beautiful opportunity for us because that's what they were doing in the sixties and seventies. And we don't mm-hmm. need to have this fear that you know, oh my god, you know, the FBI is going to hunt me down or something like that. Like we're not in that in that. Um, Mm. We're not in that sort of that. We're not in that vibe in, in that vibration anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we are free. We we can be free to express. And I I will say this: there is power in numbers. So the more of us that begin to awaken and have these conversations through our art, through dialogue with other people, we're gonna have no choice but to to be, to assist in this transformation. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's it, it's a time to just really dig deep and accept that things are just not working and are not for the highest good of everybody and that so many people are suffering and let's just you know collectively come together and figure out how we can begin to change this uh circus (laughs) this circus is a perfect way of putting it um well, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I really appreciate your time today. You've, <laughs> I feel like I'm like, have you thought about teaching? Because I feel like I just sat in on like a college class. Like you sat, I'm like teaching. you're, <laughs> I mean, I know you've taught, but like, have you thought about like teaching at colleges? Like you're just wild. I mean, I don't know if I have like the uh, educational credentials to do that. And that's a whole other conversation that I was talking about with somebody last year, sure. the whole concept of credentialing which also derives from capitalism and colonialism but yeah as someone Um, with a ged (laughs) i'm very into that conversation for sure oh okay yeah so you oh yeah oh yeah i was um, applying to jobs yesterday and i just was like so you all want a bachelor's got it oh my god see we're gonna do another episode where we're talking about that whole thing please come back let's do it not okay but i mean yeah i have thought about it it's something i'm sitting on and meditating on i'm just I'm waiting for the right time when it, it 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 is aligned for me to to step out of my hermit cave sure. and, and do so. Well, I feel like everybody <laughs> listening to this episode just got a massive education. Like like I said in your intro, just on like so many different topics, just got like such a massive education. Um really in in humanity, you know, in human suffering which is what you've said a few times is is sort of the core of your work um i i want to um 
I do want to just ask you, like, from your heart right here in this moment, how are you? (laughs) We just, like, launched into this conversation, (laughs) which I knew was going to happen because we always just, like, have these long, amazing conversations. But I just, before we go, like, I just want to know how you are. How are you feeling? I mean, I'm good. Like, I thank you for this conversation, holding space for it because, you know, it is, it is a uh, it's very layered and in-depth conversation. Yeah, that is important. Absolutely. And um, I feel okay. Like, I, I mean, I feel, I feel at ease, at peace. And I think I just, I feel I'm, I'm filled with gratitude that you allowed me to come on your platform and, mm-hmm. and hold this space for conversations that are not of the status quo, I guess I should say. Mm. So I'm, I'm I'm just filled with gratitude because I, and um, and excitement I. because I think more people should I I hope more people will begin to have conversations like this because I again I think there's a fear around it because you know there's this whole deplatforming yeah. thing and, and and all of these different concepts and words thrown around because people don't want others just to have conversations like why why can't we have conversations without people feeling triggered like at this point people have to understand like at some point somebody's going to be triggered like because so much wrong has been done over centuries to Mm -hmm. so many different groups people are bound to be triggered you know like people well and i'll say this like the more of these conversations i have the easier it becomes You know, um, I think when I was first having these conversations, uh, especially with, you know, my black friends, um, especially starting last year, it was it was really hard. I was always terrified of saying the wrong thing. Um, I was terrified of not knowing enough. Um, But that's really not the point. The point is to show up and be open and listen and and learn um, and self-reflect. And I really, really appreciate everything you brought to this conversation today. Um, I do want to make sure that we plug you and your uh, various projects, your handles. Um, Also, usually at the top of the episodes, I go through um, identifiers, pronouns, and signs, um, which, again, we we didn't even do because we just, like, dived right in. Um, Dove right in. Um, So if you don't mind, I'll do mine real quick first. Um, Yeah. I am a white, cis, queer woman. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. And I am a Cap Sun, Sag Moon, Virgo Rising. I love it. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, Shanae Nicole, I am a cis, black, African-American woman. She, her pronouns. Um, I am a Cap. Capricorn Sun, Scorpio Rising, which is why I go into the depths of everything. <laughs> um, and I'm an Aries Moon, which is why I'm very passionate about many things. Oh, okay. <laughs> I almost asked you before the call what your big three were, but I was like, no, I want to hear it live. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Aries so. Moon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep, oh, yep, yep. Yeah, so. She's a fiery one, folks. <laughs> She's got Again, that fire. I got... I got I am a, and I'm a Mars and Pluto dominant chart. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. Wow. And um, 
And the people, the people can find you um, on Instagram. Where can they find you? What's your yeah, handle? Yeah, mainly on Instagram. Oh, you can mainly find me on Clubhouse. Nice. What is my handle on Clubhouse? Your handle on, is Empathic Realist. Is at, yeah, on Clubhouse is at Empathic Realist. On Instagram, it's um, at Empathic underscore Realist. Yeah, okay, guys. So you can find her um, on Instagram, on Clubhouse, especially on Clubhouse if you're in the club. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, um, so find me over. You can connect with me in any of those places. Yeah. At this time, I'm sort of just like in my hermit mode. Um, Wonderful. Just like writing and learning. And I think all of us should take time to to pause and do those things. Uh, yes, we're all going to do the homework so good for you, the soul. you assigned the next two weeks. <laughs> we're going to be journaling about the lessons we've learned and how we can turn it from me to we. To we. Oh, Shanae thank Nicole. You, thank you, Kaylee. <laughs> thank you so much. I, I feel truly, though, thank you. Like, I feel so grateful to have had you on and had this conversation. And... Girl, I look forward to having you back. I can't wait till next time. Thank you so much. All right, so I will stop recording and then we'll still be on and we can chit-chat for a minute after. Goodbye, my messy friends. Go follow Shanae and I will talk to you next time.